Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is episode 10 on the Merry Biz podcast with Mick Spencer. Welcome to Merry Biz. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our Merry Biz on. Today's guest is sportsman, adventurer, eternal optimist, and entrepreneur. In 2009, he found his purpose to build a global sports brand that gives back to those in need. Facing adversity since childhood, our guest realized the potential of sport and how it can empower individuals. He's the founder of On The Go, which began as a small startup in the backyard shed, and it's now a million-dollar business. On The Go is one of Australia's fastest-growing apparel and accessory brands with an increasing global presence. Over 300,000 people in 15 countries use On The Go products. He's a speaker, investor, and philanthropist. He also lives in our home city of Canberra. Welcome to Mary Biz, Mick Spencer. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> right. I feel like Yay. I'm like about to walk on a, on a stage full of thousands of people pumped up. Well, you are. <laughs> Love it. Via the podcast. So, I've got, I wish you could see the smile on my face right now. Oh, <laughs> that's the best. We have big smiles too. Yeah. So, Mick, the very first question we ask all our guests is what is on your agenda today? And I say is on your agenda because I know it's 10 a.m. where you are in Munich, Germany. Yeah, well, look, it's it's Monday morning here. I have I've just gotten back to the apartment and I had a I woke up at about 4 a.m. this morning. Wow. Um, amazing sleep actually. I was in bed early. And with the time difference, I kind of connected with the with the team back home, went over a few client notes and bits and pieces, answered some emails, and then I went off and did an amazing class of yoga. Love it. At the gym close by and then did a workout and went for a nice walk through the streets and got a beautiful coffee and I'm now kind of back into it. It's my last day here. So I've been here for about a week on business with a big expo. So life is good. Yeah, it sounds it. So we're really excited by On The Go. I mean, we read all up on it on the web and we're just amazed by the growth and the progress that you've had. We'd love you to tell us how it all began. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we're at a good place. I think we've got a long way to go, but, but we're in an exciting place. Look, I Back in kind of 2009, I when I'd left year 12, I took a gap year over to Hawaii, of all places. Mm-hmm. And nice. I think due to the my upbringing, you know, I was, I've had two heart conditions which have uh, challenged me growing up and I've had, um, I was born with severe short-sighted eyesight. So mm. I kind of had this 
this like different upbringing to everyone else. And when I left year 12, I wasn't quite set on what I wanted to do. And I, and I was, you know, very sure of the fact that I didn't want to just go and do what everyone else is doing. Mm. So I managed to find a really cool adventure and sports camp in Hawaii that would work with a lot of the poor kids over there. Wow. And they, they'd never taken an international intern before, but I kind of sold them on the fact that they needed to. <laughs> And, and long and short, I got the job. And I, so I took, I took seven months and lived, lived in Hawaii. And wow. it was amazing. And what I did was I pretty much just led, led classes of a lot of the underprivileged kids over on the uh, west side of Oahu. And we would take them out of, you know, the, the kind of pretty horrible upbringing they had, whether it was, you know, their, their families were into, into mm. drugs or alcoholism or, um, you know, just poverty. A lot of people don't think Hawaii's got that part, but it does. And we would take them into nature, you know, take them on hikes, teach them surfing rock climbing, play sports, and then do a lot of leadership. So mm-hmm. it was over there, you know, at 19 where I went, you know, I've got to, I've got to get into something in life that I feel mm. like, you know, I'm, I'm living on purpose with. And I think because I'd had, you know, some times where, you know, I'd almost faced death with my heart condition, wow. I realized life was too short to, you know, do kind of bullshit work. So yeah. I, um, I came back and then, you know, over, over the course of, of the year, I, I managed to squeeze into university and start a sports science degree, but still kind of had something built up inside me that I wasn't really set on what I was doing. And so kind of come 2011, I founded On The Go and I, I kind of came up with the name of On The Go because people used to call me Mick On The Go. So I thought, you know, On The Go is a cool name and I thought big from day one, you know, I I thought On The Go, we could be like a, we could be a nutrition company, we could be a travel company, we could have planes, we could have travel, whatever, you know, I I didn't actually know what we'd sell, but I I had the vision that we would build a brand around moving and, and, and doing something that gave back. So I had the purpose and the DNA first. And the business followed. So it was quite an unusual business story because yeah. I started with my why, you know, which was I really mm-hmm. wanted to get the world into sport and, you know, communicate, but, but I didn't actually know what we'd do. So I'd, I'd also had, I started selling like branded t-shirts for, to people. Mm-hmm. And a couple of months in, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a cyclist and a mountain biker. So mm-hmm. I had a council call me and they had um, a really big problem. Uh, what had happened was they pre-sold 400 cycling jerseys for this big charity ride. But the procurement manager had left without ordering them. And so they had 400 participants who all were expecting to receive this special jersey. And and then no one in the world at that point could manufacture the product in less than 10 weeks. And their event was in less than four. So they, once they gave me the call, they kind of said, you know, we think you can do it. We've been told you do stuff. And I acted a lot bigger. You know, I was in mum and dad's garage. I had like a, I had a dodgy desk. I had my iPhone dangling out the window to get internet reception. I kind of said, you know, let me have a chat to production and I'll get back to you. So I, I managed to work with a factory in that 24 hour period Wow! over in China and they had a, an Australian contact and I kind of, I got them to explain the whole supply chain to me and, and how they were doing everything. And I, I kind of uncovered a few little gems that could quicken the process to accept this order. And a lot of it was using technology to advance the ordering of it all and the production. Wow. And yeah, so it was kind of <laughs> crazy. And I, I called the client back and said, look, we can do it. And, and then <laughs> spent the next four weeks like absolutely shit scared. Uh, and, you know, I still remember my mum was kind of, you know, back then I was living at home, you know, 20, 21 years old. My mum was like, Mick, you know, you can barely sew the, the buttons on your polo shirt. Like, how are you going <laughs> to? manufacture you know <laughs> cycling apparel oh my gosh 
But long and short, I lived and breathed that order, you know, barely slept for the three and a half weeks and studied the whole process of how everything was made, how we could do it better and quicker. And then I got it in. I, I delivered it 30 minutes before this event started. And it was absolutely amazing. Like I rode in the event and it was one of those moments where everything makes sense. I thought, you know, I've delivered a product, so I've, you know, fed a hungry crowd. And I think that all good businesses are built around a hungry crowd. Mm-hmm. Each jersey was making a significant amount of money for, for the charity. It was getting people moving. And I had 400 people wearing a product that had my logo on it. So I kind of went, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I've now got 400 people I can talk to and try and get more orders off and, and tell them about what I'm doing. Yeah. So it was then when I went, you know, we, we have a really big opportunity to lead the way in custom-made technical apparel and accessories. Mm. I foresaw the kind of trend towards personalization and customization in apparel and I, mm. and I realized that none of the big players were doing it well because they were, they were kind of too big and, and stuck into their, you know, existing molds of uh, supply chain. Mm-hmm. So there we had it. You know, that, that order profited me enough to kind of, you know, buy a new computer, mm-hmm. buy a desk. Buy some business cards and some stationery. <laughs> All of the amazing things that you should never take for granted in business. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we went from there, you know. So I, I bootstrapped the company since then to kind of where we are, where we are now. And yeah, the first few years was, you know, was incredible. So we're kind of going into our fifth year now, and we've yeah. we've grown quite rapidly each year. And at the moment, we're growing at about sixty to one hundred percent each month on the year before. Wow. Yeah, we've got, we've got an amazing, amazing future. We're kind of, we focus on two things really well. Customization in, in sports apparel and accessories, you know, building, getting people to, I guess, a lot of our customers, you know, teams, schools, universities, businesses, charities, mm-hmm. people nowadays want to be a part of something. Yeah. And merchandise and apparel has a really big opportunity to do that. So we, we've, you know, built out technology which enables people to design their own products online awesome. and we're getting that down into like a one-piece minimum and we've just, we've just finished the concept of the world's world first in-store design your own kiosk which will actually enable people to go into like big box retailers yeah. and design their own products while still being able to try on sizes, touch fabrics, choose the colours upload logos or imagery, it's going to be absolutely revolutionary and that's really exciting. But the other thing that we do that's quite quite amazing and it's what drives the vision is that for every product sold, we get one child into sport for 12 months from a poor community of Australia. Amazing. Oh, we love this. Yeah, we'd love you to talk more about that. Yeah, so the One for One initiative is our own initiative and we work in Australia exclusively with a partner called Fair Game. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we simply take a portion of, of the cost of each product and we put it in a fund and we use that money in cash and goods to help fair game operate programs to wow. those less fortunate in Australia. So it's quite simple. You buy one product, we give one child sport for a year. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting model because a lot of people, you know, kind of comment on, you know, well, a lot of businesses should get big and then give back. But I think that in, in today's day and age, there's a lot you can do with not much. Mm. And that's all I realized was like, well, as long as I keep selling product, we can keep doing this. Yeah. Wow. So we, we're doing a lot in that space and it's it, it kind of came up with we had started just recycling products you know samples and misprints or customers like teams would often come back and, and they'd reorder for the next year and I'd encourage them to give us their team team gear ah. and then I would I would donate it myself and then as the as the Amazing. as the business grew, it got a little bit too big, and I went, "Well, we need to build something that's actually globally scalable." Uh-huh. Yeah, and and that was where we came up with the one for one initiative. So, I mean, look, it's 
it's it's absolutely tiny compared to where it's going to be. And I think that in a few years' time, there's going to be some big things that we would have impacted. So it's very exciting. What an amazing story. It's Seriously. so awesome. And I know we probably touched on many, many achievements in that story, but what would you say is your biggest achievement to date with On The Go? Mm, biggest achievement to date? Oh, look, it's tough. I mean, I'm, I'm so humbled every single day to see that, you know, we've got a team of people who are living, mm. living and breathing what we do every day. You know, my staff, my, my advisors. Mm-hmm. And I guess the big achievement for me probably... About two years ago, I was lucky enough to spend a day with Sir Richard Branson. Wow. Oh, wow. So, I did see that picture. We were like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was a pretty big achievement. I actually, wow. I think I calculated I got about $6 million of his time because oh he my actually gosh. Charged, he charges about half a million dollars an hour. So No way. So what were you doing with Sir Richard? I'd gotten through this University of Queensland kind of competition around the next future business leader of Australia. Wow. And I got to speak on a panel with five five people from a broad range of industries about the future of business. It was a summit in Queensland with about 3,000 people in the crowd, live on Sky News and all of that. But then prior to that, I got to spend some time with, with Richard one-on-one and talk about my business. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was like it was a life-changing <laughs> moment. So I think it was, and you know, we've uh, managed to keep in touch since then and He's opened up a few doors and I think he'll open up a few more as well in the future. So that was probably one of the biggest achievements. I mean, look, we've, we've signed some great deals. I mean, we, you know, in our industry, you know, we do a lot in, in the cycle and triathlon. You know, mm-hmm. we've signed a global partnership with Ironman, which is a pretty big, big brand. Yeah, that's amazing. So that was big for us. So we've got a line stocked in David Jones. Yeah. Some, some big health club contracts. And then more recently, a massive retail partner that I can't disclose yet, but is Ooh. about to be released. Um, that's probably the biggest to date around growth, you know, it's not one order. It's kind of putting us in a, in a platform that's going to enable us to go into about 180 stores oh my God. <laughs> and help build the, the blueprint for, for this model that we're, we're hoping to take globally really, really fast over wow. the next couple of years. So. That's amazing, Nick. <laughs> oh, my God. We're, like, cheering. Like, I'm, like, pre- like <laughs> lightly clapping because no. I don't want to, like, put it in the microphone, <laughs> but I am. That's how excited I am. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Look, we're, we're still very young. We've, we've made a lot of a lot of mistakes as well. Yeah, you know, which we've off. And I think the the future for us is bright. Though I think in any early stage company, just to survive the first couple of years is a anyone should have a pat on the back because it's not it's not easy and it's it's definitely not for the faint hearted as as you girls know too well. Yeah. So I think it's just to survive and be alive is is actually something that every single day yeah. I'm very happy about. And I think also from a you know, I mean, I before I went out to to do any kind of capital raising or or bring on investment for the company, you know, it was we were kind of three years in, you know, so I bootstrapped the company from nothing. Wow. So to do that is also, you know, very challenging. Yeah, we'd love you to we'd love you to go into like the challenges and like how you overcame them, like and how you got through the mistakes and things. Yeah, well, I guess look, I think I think in any early stage company, it's important to to protect your equity as much as you can. Mm. So I was, I kind of, you know, spent the first couple of years just focusing on building a really good business. You know, I, I didn't get caught up in the startup world of mm-hmm. capital raising and, you know, all of these things that yeah. have the glitz and glamour of a lot of startups out there. I just focused on yeah. really, really amazing product that people were, were willing to buy. And then I would deliver it 
and then I would make sure they came back and reordered wow. until they'd friends, friends and family, right? So that's that was the kind of thing. So I thought, you know, if I'm ever going to go out for investment, I always want to build a bulletproof business first rather than... Yes, amazing. And what that meant was, you know, when, when we did in just the last, you know, six to 12 months, when we did go out for a capital raise and bring on some investors, you know, I was able to demonstrate that the founder had built the business um, mm-hmm. himself, funded himself and, you know, and was still leading the business, which made it a compelling story for, for investors. Totally. But look, the challenges, yeah, I mean, financially, it's very tough to bootstrap a company that's growing. Mm-hmm. From, from a garage to, you know, say a million dollars in sales within its kind of third or fourth year. Yeah, that's, crazy. That, that's, that's zero to that is reasonably quick and to do it with no. But what it taught me was, was financial literacy and I think every entrepreneur needs to understand that and a lot of them, you know, don't. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, we, we built an amazing business model because everything that we do is paid up front. Mm. So people, because everything's customised, people pay for it up front. And mm-hmm. so we, we don't hold the risk of bad debts. We don't hold stock ah. and we, we operate it very frugally as well. So, I mean, yeah, but it's, you know, the, the challenge is I think it's, it's a very lonely journey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a sole founder, so, yeah. you know, doing it on my own. I mean, it's look, to be honest with, with the way my personality works, I, um, I really, I enjoy kind of dancing to my own show. I'm not a... Uh-huh. <laughs> Often people think I'm, you know, very extroverted in that, but actually quite introverted. Like I actually like a lot of my own time and, and I like to do yeah. things on my own, on my terms, whilst bringing amazing people in that journey. And I think that's one thing yeah. where we're at now is that we've got an incredible team in the business and, you know, on our board who were, um, you know, working tirelessly to help me and the team achieve, you know, our big visions. And so, you know, there's challenges of the loneliness, the financial side of it. You're also learning things for the first time, mm-hmm. which, you know, as you know, like there's no one has a golden book around how to do it, you know, yeah. and you can read articles and talk to people. But at the end of the day, you've just got to get down and dirty and, and kind of get the grazers on your legs yourself. But then, you know, know when the right time is to reach out to people. And I think that's probably one of the only reasons we were able to survive and prosper was that early on, I identified that there was a key amount of areas in the business that I was absolutely shocking at. Mm. And so what I did, I made it my, my kind of absolute goal and mission to find the best people in the business wow, in those areas. I love that. And, you know, just like you girls did, you know, just, you just reach out and you just go, hey, here's my vision. Here's where I want to be. I need your help. And that was, you know, uh, I've brought on people like, you know, big CEOs through to founders of different companies that are quite well known. And just, I think that's one big thing that all entrepreneurs can do. It's very cheap, you know, is to reach out to people and get advice. Yeah. Wow. And that for me is, you know, it's paid, paid dividends. I mean, I, I've actually just spent the last week in Munich with my mentor who, who is a guy by the name of Hat Klopp, who founded the apparel brand, The North Face. Oh. which is, you know, now a uh, $4.2 billion a year business. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. And, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like the most inspiring guy you'll ever meet. So he had started it 30-odd uh, years ago and he was CEO for 20 years and he got out a long time ago, but very savvy in our industry and, you know, probably one of the coolest guys you can you can meet and learn off. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there's countless challenges. Wow. It's not easy. So how do you <laughs> go about finding those mentors? Like I know a lot of our listeners are probably like, oh, like do I just email them or do I, how, like how do I contact them? Like how did you actually connect? connect? With them? Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I live by I live by a mission that you've got to start before you're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. And I think that. Too many people get a bit nervous around people saying no, but I mean, yes. 
you know, at the end of the day, shit, like what's the worst someone can say is no, right? So yeah. we live in a world where connectiveness is at its absolute prime. Mm-hmm. Early on, my first mentor was a guy called Paul Zara. Paul was the CEO of David Jones. Wow. And he finished up there about a year ago. Now, how I connected with him, he, he'd kind of worn our product because we sell to David Jones and, and we were doing some, some gear for their fun run. Uh-huh. And, you know, I reached out to him on LinkedIn and said, hey, mate, you know, you've inspired me a lot. Your journey is amazing. I really want to learn a lot more around being a CEO and what the next phase of business looks like for me. You know, so I reached out to him and then he didn't answer. And then I reached out to him again. And then I called his office and then I reached out to him again. And finally he said, <laughs> Love it. okay, cool. I've got 30 minutes for you on this date in Sydney, if you can make it. And I, I made it my absolute mission to, to get there. Boom. And I knew that within that 30 minutes I had, I needed to make the most amazing impact possible. Yes. So I was very well prepared. I had questions. I had, a, I had everything I wanted to get across. And, you know, at the end of the day, he was very, you know, he's an amazing guy. And, and he kind of then committed to, to mentoring me through and, you know, but, wow. but other than that, there's a lot of people out there. It's very easy to reach out to people. Yeah. You know, we've got things like LinkedIn. We've mm-hmm. got things like email. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I think you've just got to be persistent. Totally. But no, I mean, a mentorship or, or an advisor, it works both ways, right? So mm. as the individual, you've got to really know why on earth you're trying to connect with them. Mm. Like you don't just want to connect with people to, to be cool. Like you, you want to go, you know what, these are the three key areas that I need help with right now mm-hmm. and they are fitting a part of the journey that I'm taking the steps towards. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, make it very tailored. And I think you've got to then follow through. You've then got to back it up and that's one big thing. People people kind of think, oh, I might just have a coffee with them and it'll all be good. But mm-hmm. you want to kind of ingrain a relationship, you know, and, and then when you meet up with them the next time, you talk about, well, last time we sat down, you know, I said I was going to do all of these things. You know, I've done them. Mm. I didn't do this one, but I've done the rest. Yeah. And and here's what's next. So. Oh, right. such good advice. Really good advice. And because we, we always turn it around and we go, well, what's the best that could happen instead of saying what's the worst? Because we were in, we got into the phase of saying what's the worst that could happen, and we're like, we've got to change it up. So. I know. I agree. Yeah, that's. I, I like that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah. uh, we'd love to know who your biggest inspiration was growing up. I mean. It would have to be someone pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm absolutely blessed. I come from an amazing family. And to be honest, my mum and dad probably some of the, you know, biggest yeah, inspiration yeah. people amazing. in my life. My, my father, you know, he's a self-made success. He's a, he's a builder and a carpenter. And wow. he didn't have much in his, in his teens, but mm-hmm. he, he followed his passion, becoming a carpenter and um, built his empire. And, and then my mum is, you know, amazing as well. You know, she is one of kind of the most knowledgeable people in, in midwifery, on the topic of midwifery. Oh, wow. So I had this upbringing where, you know, I had the energy and the, and the never let fear stand in your way attitude of my dad. Oh, I love it. But then the kind of calm yet very, very strong focused mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they taught us kids that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you've got a smile on your face and you become the best at it. And, and that's, I mean, all of us kids – you know, doing amazing things. Actually, we work very close. My older sister is is the operations manager of my business and, and amazing. responsible for the for the day-to-day there so I can gallivant around the world and, and be calm. <laughs> things, things get done. And my brother's, you know, very successful in his career and we've all got a great relationship. And so, look, I'd say they're my biggest inspirations. But also, look, Sir Richard Branson would definitely have to be one of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back in school, it's quite funny, right? So I pretty much failed everything, right? Like, so I was, I was like one of the worst kids at school around because I was just a little shit. <laughs> and it's quite funny, actually. I've been writing this thing at the moment 
what I talk about is that, you know, in school, because I had such bad eyesight, mm. I could never see the board. So I never wanted to be the kid that sat at the front of the class. Yeah. So I always sat at the back to kind of try and be cool. <laughs> but what it actually did, it taught me the art of networking from a young age. So I'd, uh-huh. I'd learn to network with a lot of the smart kids in the class. <laughs> <laughs> so I could, you know, I don't, so I just, I, I just thought of that then because Richard Branson was actually dyslexic in school and wow. he talks about the fact that, you know, because he was dyslexic, it, it learned, taught him to distrust numbers and complex things. So he would, you know, then just focus on bigger picture things. And I can definitely relate to that. <sighs> Wow. So, yeah, Richard Branson was, you know, when I was like in school, supposed to be reading textbooks and all that, I was reading his books, 16, 17, 18. Wow. And so he was one of the big inspirations, I would say, him and my parents. Yeah. Oh, Many more, but they, they were the ones who kind of who made it up. I think when you're going out on your own or you're going to take a big jump, you've got to build your army. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that you've got to build a circle around you because mm. the funny thing about the world is that it's it's made up of people and things, you know, like no smarter than, than you and I. So mm-hmm. we all live thinking that everything is the way it is just because it's like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us don't challenge it. But if you're going to challenge it, you need to kind of build a like a little utopia around yourself. Yeah. You feel comfortable in. A hundred percent. Fire out, Mick. Oh, <laughs> you're epic. <laughs> Tearing up. So, Meek, you are super passionate about what you do. How important is it to like join your passion and your entrepreneurial journey? Do you think you have to have the passion there? Yeah, absolutely. I think passion is passion is something like I don't do any work without passion. Mm-hmm. Look, and it's 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 challenging. I mean, you know, I'm I'm in a state of my business at the moment where I've got to think very differently to how I thought years ago. So I don't. I only put the last few years down as lessons, you know, I'm, I'm focused mm-hmm. always on tomorrow and the future. Yeah. So I've got to think very different in my business, right? Cause we're growing rapidly. We're, you know, we're bringing on amazing people in the business, but for, for someone who has never had a real job, I'm definitely beginning to feel like it's a real job yeah. whilst I still love it. It's challenging. There's no doubt about it. Like you can, you can paint the beautiful roses all the time, but it's, yeah. it's gets fucking tough sometimes. So, oh, yeah. so I think that the passion is absolutely key as no matter what you follow in life, it's got to start with purpose and passion. But I think that changes as well as we grow Mm, and evolve. mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. for me in the early days, like I've found new passions along the way as well that may have still been there but have only been uncovered because of certain circumstances. I mean, my biggest passion is connecting to people, right? And I think the beautiful thing about building products is that you can connect to people automatically because if they use your product, like you've connected to them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always a really, like that's where my passion lies because I can, I can constantly go, you know, what are, what are our customers wanting? What are they doing? Who are they? You know, where are they using us? What are the challenges? What are they loving? What are they hating? And that, that's really exciting. But, you know, then there's the passion of the, the active and the sports side of it, you know, is that I'm so passionate that sport and active living can really mm. mold amazing lives. Mm-hmm. And we get to do that on a daily basis. But I'm also passionate about beautiful technology and, and the way mm. that we're revolutionizing customer-centric ordering as well as our manufacturers. You know, we're wow. giving tools and technology to our factories that in the life of their factory they've never had. And we're seeing them run more efficient and benefit from that So because we started. So there's a lot of passions and I'm, yeah, I'm a very passionate guy. I usually don't do things I'm, I'm not passionate about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think it is important. No matter what you're doing, I mean, the harsh reality is that, you know, 
you get to live once, right? So you've got to do your best work and you can only do your best work when when you're loving it. Oh, oh, totally agree. That's 100%. a quotable. Amazing. So we spoke a little bit about the future. So where do you see yourself and on the go in like five or ten years? Look, ten years is a long way. It is. I know where I want as an individual in ten years mm-hmm. and I definitely know the size of on the go I want in ten years. Look, for the next five years, we're really focusing on, you know, on building a really solid base in Australia, but Australia for us is a real validation market. Yeah, We're in a great place in Australia because everyone plays sport. Yeah, It's a very sporty nation. It's a very outdoors nation. Yeah, and uh, But it's also in, in the consumer product space, it's actually quite tough to build a business. So what, if you can actually get something off the ground there, nine times out of 10, you'll, you know, you'll succeed internationally. Mm. So for us, you know, we're a globally ready company. I mean, our first customer's I'd never met, you know, because of online. So it was quite mm-hmm, quite yeah. a powerful medium. And the future for us, we're going to start start expanding over the next two years into into Southeast Asia and the US. Wow. And there's there's also quite a lot of opportunities in the Middle East and in Europe. So wow. It's it's kind of all just about footprint growth now. We've we've built a lot of the products and supply chain. Um, we've built some great technology. You know, we're now at a point where we've got you know an amazing amazing board, amazing team, and an amazing market opportunity. I mean, activewear. And sportswear mm-hmm. is, is about a $200 billion industry globally. And yeah. it's growing at about 10%. And the beautiful thing is, is that customization is only really just getting started. So if we can continue to mold a beautiful business around that area and keep delivering on, on what we promise, I really think that we can, we can forge the way in a, you know, a solid size business. And we kind of have two big heritacious goals in the business and, and one's to, to build a $100 million company in the next 10 years. And the second is to get a million kids into sport by 2020 through our one-for-one one initiative. Wow. So they're, you know, they're two kind of real clear BHAGs that yeah. um, I definitely live and dream by and, um, and, the, and the company, you know, lives by. So, but it's all, yeah, it's all about footprint now. So it's it's an exciting journey. It's a it's a very different journey once you hit once your business hits a point where you're established and you start to become a bit of a player. You start to get recognised by larger competitors, which is which is interesting, and and all of that. But we we feel that we've got a pretty powerful position with the way that our supply chain works. It's something that the the bigger players don't have and and would struggle to do. But, you know, we, we also feel very passionate that we're communicating a great story and doing great things with a company. And I think you've got to really be, you've got to be totally confident in what you're doing. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, we're so excited yeah. to hear your oh story. Gosh. And so awesome. I can't believe that we're almost out of time. We have one last question for you. Sure. But before we get into that, we'd love you to tell all of our listeners where they can find more information about you and also more information about On The Go. Oh, sure. So look on Facebook, you can follow me uh, at Mick Spencer as well as On The Go at On The Go Sports, Mm -hmm. On The Go Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And then I'm at uh, at Mick Spencer on Snapchat and Instagram. And I'm loving Snapchat. We (laughs) love Snapchat too. It's the funnest ever. (laughs) Best. So people can also go online to in Australia on the go sports.com.au or internationally on the go sport.com awesome. and check out what we do. We've got some new great design tools online. People can go on and change colors, stitching panels, name and numbers, upload wow. to garments and kind of design your own, 
your own dream range for your, for your team or your cause. Love it. Far out. We're going to go make Mary make a Yeah, Mary make a Mary make a jersey. Let's do it. Pink, pink. All the pink. So, Mick, our very last question that we ask all our guests is what is the one mantra you're living by right at this moment? The one mantra I'm living by right at this moment. Mm-hmm. Look, there's kind of there's kind of two mantras I've I've always lived by, but you can have I, two. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess the first one is our company trademark, actually, which is every day matters. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's my personal mantra is that you know every single day matters, and what that means is that every single time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, you know, you've got one shot to live that day. Mm. And everyday matters is something that for me personally keeps me aligned to the true values of what I'm trying to achieve. So, mm. and it's also in our, in our company, you know, we want, we want our, we want our customers to uh, make everyday matter. So, and then I guess the, the other one that I'm uber passionate about, and I think might be, maybe some people listening can take a page out of my story is that is to start before you're ready. Yeah. And I think that in today's day and age, there's so much information out there that the risk of that is that there's a lot of there's a lot of complexity mm-hmm. and sometimes people get you know too caught up in things to just keep it simple and start and I think that you know with my story I never did big business plans and big things except you know focused on on the one thing I wanted to do and I definitely started before I was ready in the yes. eyes of society and I think that that can help um yeah a lot of things yeah so oh, oh my gosh it has been amazing talking with you tonight Mick I mean well it's not here it's today wherever you are in Munich but thank you for your time because there have been so many aha moments so much actionable advice so much inspiration that we are so excited to share with our Mary Biz listeners so thank you again had to share we absolutely loved talking with mick it was the best if you guys want more merry biz action make sure you head on over to the merrymakersisters.com forward slash biz that's b-i-z and we'll send you our free goal setting guide it's super fun super easy and it'll get you super organized Now, next week, we have the one and only Nathan Chan from Founder Magazine on the show. Let us tell you, this interview is going to blow your mind. Make sure you tune in. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.